I was working at the VA hospital <laughs> and I noticed that like I was giving and giving and giving of myself to my veteran patients. And I ended up having three anxiety attacks within mm -hmm. six months. Yeah, so um, it's just like when you see your kids' faces looking at you the second time you're going to the emergency room and they're like, mommy, are you coming back home? And I'm like just stressed out thinking about like, am I even gonna make it through the night? Because I thought I was having a heart attack. Welcome to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm Tamika from TamikaMcTeer.com. If you are new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that there is no age that defines the life of every woman. So every week you'll hear a conversation that I know will inspire you to change your mindset, gain confidence, and live a lifestyle thriving, not determined by age. Dr. G, welcome to the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm excited for this conversation with you today. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course. And I'd love for you to just kick us off and let the listeners know a fun fact about you that maybe they didn't get from your bio and they wouldn't know by just looking at you. Ooh, fun fact. I was an All-American track and field triple jumper in college. Oh, nice. I, yeah, I went to Virginia State University and I was a walk-on athlete and I don't know where I just became an All-American triple jumper. Okay, so now that you've opened us up with that, you were a walk-on. This isn't even something that you had always done. I'd love to know the inspiration behind what made you make that decision to just walk onto that sport and learn more about it. Actually, I so I, uh, I went to a military high school, public military high school, and I did like the drill team, band, and I did two, two track meets in high school. And that was it. And then after I got out of basic training, because I'm Army veteran too, I, after I got out of basic training, I started school at Virginia State. And then I was just like, I need to do something extracurricular and just walked on. I saw them practicing. I was like, hey, can I try out? And the coach was like, can you run? I'm like, yeah. And then we had to go and run a mile. And I was the first one back. He was like, oh, yeah, you're on my team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. And do you do you recall like how fast you ran that first mile? Oh, no, I don't remember that. That was yeah. too hard. And, and during your time, you mentioned that you were in the military. During your time in the military, were you in one of the branches that where you had to run like every day or anything like that during your boot camp? I was in the Army, yeah, so running all the time. Is that still is that still something that you participate in as of today? Like run? Not as much as I used to. I used to run all the time, but with the army and all the the combat boots and stuff, it kind of messed up my feet a little bit. So I don't not able to run as as much as I would like to, just because it hurts. But I get out there and try to do what I can every once in a while. Love it, love it, love it. So thanks for sharing that. Again, obviously I wouldn't have known that by looking at you. So that was truly, that was truly, you know, a really good fun fact. I love the part that you just had the opportunity to just walk into it though. You know, so many times people are thinking like when they do a sport, especially at the college level, that, you know, it's something that they have had to transfer over from high school. But you walked on. Yeah. Had to do something. You can't just sit up and in your room and just sit there. So I had to do something. So. And that's pretty good. And so when you think about college Dr. G and who Dr. G is today, what would you say? Hmm. Tell me some of the differences about the college girl and the lady you are today. 
Besides being more active in college because I ran I ran track, I, I feel like I'm a little more outgoing than I was at the time. I'm I, I'm like a shy girl. <laughs> Traditionally, I'm I'm a shy girl, introvert. And I just wouldn't be the one that's out there like at parties and stuff. I'm usually like a stick to myself type of person. But now that I have to be out there for business, I feel like I'm opening up a little bit more. That's interesting because again, considering that you did track, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't think that. I always think that people who are into these sports are like super outgoing and, you know, everything and they, they would consider themselves to be introverts at all, you know, just because of the sports and camaraderie and, Everything is associated with that, but you say that you feel like it was a different experience for you. Yeah, I mean, like anytime you're around people that you're comfortable with, it's a different story. Like you're a little bit more outgoing when you're around them, but like around new people, it's just like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just going to sit here in my little corner. But yeah, now I'm a, I'm opening up a little bit more. Yeah. And I know in the work that you do, you have a lot of focus on physical therapy. Is that when you went to college, is that something that you knew that you wanted to get into? How did you end up in that profession? I actually wanted to be a physical therapist since I was 10. So my mom, when I was 10, my mom stepped off a curb and she hurt her knee. And then like she, she got sent to physical therapy and she took me to one of her sessions. And then I saw like all the cool equipment and stuff and they gave her this exercise called stool scoops so you sit on the stool and then you scoot around like using your feet I was like oh that's it like that's super cool so like ever since then I was like oh this is a fun job like let me just try to get into that but like when I got to Virginia State I ended up doing an internship at a clinic and then the the woman who was the PT at the clinic she was a black woman and I had never seen a black provider, medical provider. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. So just from there, I just kept like getting myself into different jobs that would put me on the right path to physical therapy. And like coming from where I'm from, like going to a school that I could get a doctor. I didn't even know PTs were doctors at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I didn't know that was a real thing. So I just did. I started out as a massage therapist and then I became a personal trainer. And then like eventually through the military, I ended up with the opportunity to go to to PT school. So that's how I ended up here. I love that. It's two things that you've mentioned as you were sharing your backstory that I want to go back to. One being that your mom stepped off of the curb and hurt herself. And then based on her experience, her just bringing you along. So you just coming along with your mom for the day as she attended an appointment. One, you got to see what it looked like behind the scenes of what goes on for someone in that profession. And then two, that's where you saw that looked like you saw that representation that we talk a lot about today and the importance of that and why it matters. But for you, you saw that up close and personal and was like, hey, I think I you know, want to learn a little bit more about this. Yep. And I think she only took me with with her because she had to. Like, I was probably at home by myself. She was like, are right, you coming with me? But yeah. <laughs> something like that. But you never know, like what 
seeing somebody in a certain position would do for a child because yeah. they're gonna be like, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, in, in such a good way though, because again, just seeing someone and it sparked that interest for you to say like, this is what I want to do. And so I heard you mention and you talked about being a massage therapist. How did you get into that space? Okay, so my mother also ended up being diagnosed with breast cancer. And at the time, like she was dealing with a lot of pain. She had pain in her back, her legs and everything. So I just, being a caregiver, I just wanted to help her feel better. So I went to school to learn how to become a massage therapist so I can help my mom feel better. And then it ended up because I was in those those rooms, I was a physical therapy, kind of like a, a what's it, what do you call it? Work study in college. So then like being in those rooms, I just ended up becoming a massage therapist in the clinic that I was working at and then just moving on up from there. Yeah. Again, your mom plays such such big roles in who you are today and in 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 like ways that obviously she would never know. Obviously she would never know that she would come with cancer. Obviously she would never know that she would step off of a curb in such a way. But in both stories, in both instances, her life impacted who you truly are today. And when you think about like the professions that you are are in and the people that you see, what are some of the things that come to mind when it comes to, I guess, like resistance and people getting physical therapy and the importance of doing it? And then I'll ask you that same thing as it relates to like massages and the benefits and why it's important or, you know, how people can actually benefit from those. Because so many people look at it as a luxury. I know I do. I enjoy a good massage. But I'd love for you to speak just from your experience and talk to us more about, you know, real benefits of how massages really help the body. Okay, yeah. So for most people, they, they would say massage is a luxury, but it's kind of a necessity. Like if you think about it, like, what you do during the day, like for your job, for example, like if you're sitting at a computer all day and your body gets tight, like your your head is forward, your shoulders are rounded, and then you're like, oh, my back hurts or my hips hurt. But like what you don't realize is that it's more muscle tightness and lack of flexibility. And massage can help with that. Massage can also help improve your circulation. It can decrease tension, help with headaches and all of those things. So like if you're somebody that struggles with any of those things, massage can can actually be something that's going to prevent further issues. Mm. So that's where physical therapy can come in. Like if you do start to have these chronic things that, that happen, physical therapy can help you recover from that because maybe you're probably going on YouTube or something oh, how do I fix this back pain or something? Or you go to Instagram and say, oh, let me follow this person because they talk about it. But a physical therapist can actually assess you to see what the actual cause of it is and then help you treat that. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Thanks you for sharing that. And so when most people come to you, do they, are they already aware that they need some physical therapy treatment or is it truly an assessment process that you have to go through to get them to that level of understanding and then them. I think in my business, because I focus more on injury prevention and self-care, most people that come to me already come to me with the the thought that, oh, I I just want to fix this and I want to get better. So they're already 
coming in, buying into the physical therapy. They're not like, they don't have to be, what's the word, coerced into getting therapy. Does that make sense? It does. Yep, 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 yep. And you and you mentioned, so the massages, they can prevent and they can help you with the tightness and things like that, that one may be experiencing in their body. So would you say that doing something like yoga is in addition to massages or do you feel like it's one or the other? I think that it's, it's complementary because like for me, like I incorporate stretches into the massage, but a lot of massage therapists don't. So like if you are going to somebody who doesn't incorporate stretching in their massages, then yoga is going to help you with the flexibility piece. So they, they kind of work together. Okay. And yoga also kind of has a little bit of the meditation component too. So that also helps with stress relief and just tension and things like that. Yeah. And then I heard you mention the self-care and that's another area of focus for you. What has that looked like specifically for you? And then how do you translate that over to your clients? So for me, at first, I I used to think about self-care more in the massage realm and exercise, which are all big pieces. And that's what I actually really educate my clients on is the massage, the stretching and the exercise. But for me, it was what led me to to focus more on self-care in the first place was I I was working at the VA hospital. And I noticed that like I was giving and giving and giving of myself to my veteran patients. And I ended up having three anxiety attacks within mm. six months. Yeah. So um, it's just like when you see your kids' faces looking at you the second time you're going to the emergency room and they're like, mommy, are you coming back home? And I'm like just stressed out thinking about like, am I even going to make it through the night? Because I thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, wow. Yeah. So after that, like I started doing more things to care about myself because I was like, if I'm not here to care for my kids, who's going to take care of them? I have a husband, but your your babies, they want their mom. So what I started to do for self-care is like actually asking for help. So like most of the time when you're in a marriage, you're still like the strong black woman that you try to do everything yourself. So my husband didn't even know that I was struggling. So I asked him, like, once I knew that I was having anxiety attacks and struggling, just trying to get through the day, I had to start asking him, can you help me with this? Can you do this? Because he didn't, he had no idea yeah. until I sat down. Yeah. And that mindset and that lifestyle, would you agree that that's something that you just took on? Like you gave, you, you gave yourself permission and it's not that he didn't want to help. It's just you felt as a mom and the wife that you should be doing it all and didn't even know how to say like, Hey, can you assist me with this? Yeah. It's like, Oh, I got it. Like he, he didn't have to offer help, but like if he did offer help, I would just be like, no, I got it. Like, that's just what we do. Like you just, you just do it because you feel like you have to. So yeah. It's so crazy. I believe what you just mentioned right there for the married women that do have an opportunity to listen to this podcast will find that statement to be so relatable. And if they're if, if they're honest with themselves, they'll find that statement to be very relatable because I do think that that is 
a lot of the struggles that people can sometimes encounter. And for me, I would have to say I was one of those people as well. Early on in my marriage, I, I'm i so far from that mindset. But early on, that definitely was like a mindset that I took on. And then can find your, you can find yourself frustrated because you'd be like, oh, this person, my spouse isn't helping me. But it's like when your spouse did ask if they could help, you returned the comment and said that you had it. So if you honestly continue to say that you have it or you don't need that person, obviously they're going to stop asking because every time they ask, you say, I got it. That's basically saying, I don't need your assistance with this when in reality you do. So shedding that, like you said, that strong black woman mindset that you have to do it all. Like you can understand and like you have a partnership with your spouse, you know, specifically speaking to the married woman right now, like understanding that you have a partnership and there is no role, at least I feel like there is no role that's specifically dedicated to, you know, he or she, if assistance can be given, then it's only going to help the team, you know, make, make the team that much better. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I used to, um, like when I would get home from work, you get home, you got to make dinner, you got to give the kids baths and stuff. And I, I just started like asking him, can you give one of them a bath? One of them is old enough to, to do it herself. But my son, he's a little one. Like, can you help and give him a bath or something? Just get him ready for bed. And that helped. It took a whole lot of stress off of me. But the other thing that I did is I went to therapy. And that's something that I never even thought about doing for myself until like the whole pandemic hit and everybody started focusing more on mental health. But that's something that that helped a whole lot because something that I wouldn't tell my husband or my sister or whatever, I could talk to the therapist and just be totally open and honest about it. Yeah. And kind of talking about it kind of helps, I guess, relieve some stress as well. What is it that finally clicked for you that gave you the freedom to, one, ask yourself or ask your husband, give yourself the freedom to finally ask him for assistance, and then two, to give yourself the permission to get some things off of you and say yes to therapy? The second anxiety attack. <laughs> so the first the first time, like, I, I the, the anxiety attack that really set it over the edge, like, I've been... I had been working at the VA for a few months, helping all the veterans. These veterans had like issues like cancer and Agent Orange and just heavy things that they were bringing into just to talk about. And I'm not even a mental health therapist, but like when they come in, they just want to like just talk about things. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much of that I was taking on to myself. Like I wouldn't leave it at work. I would bring it back home. And then one day I was sitting in bed with my husband. He was laying down and I just started bawling like out of nowhere. Like I didn't even know why I was crying. And then like once I realized that it was just the heaviness of the day, like mm-hmm. he told me, he was like, this has to stop. Like you can't eat, you can't be taking on all of this stress. And then you're just stressed out and you can't deal with your day. I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. um. And then he saw that I was stressed out. Like, I think it clicked for him. Like, he needs to pay more attention to, like, how I'm behaving around the house. Because, like, on those days when I'm really stressed out, I might be yelling at the kids or snapping at him or something. So he's more, he became uh, just my, my attitude during the day, like, after I got off of work. 
So that gave him like more awareness to ask me if I need help. And then that gave me the freedom to say, yeah, I need help with this. And oh, then wow. like, after that, like I, I had no choice but to go to therapy because I don't, I didn't have the coping strategies to deal with, like to set boundaries and to just leave it all at work. So therapy helped me a lot with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And the work that you do, and like you said, seeing so many different patients at the VA and things like that, what's your big why behind continuing to do the work that you do? Well, I don't work at the VA any, anymore. Okay, okay. So, that, so I, had to, I had to leave because after that third anxiety attack, it was either them or my health and I had to choose my health. So did you did you fully switch over to doing your own your own business which is now the massage business? Yes. So I I I started out with my own business and then because like after the pandemic hit business wasn't booming as as much as I wanted to so I had to go find a job so so I can make ends meet. But like after that, I was like, nope, I'm going back to my business and I'm really going to focus on injury prevention and self-care. And and why did you, you decided to specifically do that just based on your own experience? And was it just like feeling like if, if I'm going through this, there may be another woman that may be experiencing or going through the same thing? Yes. So I was still working hard time in my business with like, a couple of women that were my regulars. And then I was noticing the same thing. Like they would come in with just this heaviness, like it would be marriage issues or work or whatever. And they really just wanted to talk, wanted mm-hmm. somebody to listen to them. They didn't want me to fix it. They just wanted me to listen. And like, it's like when it's multiple people, it's something that you really have to like focus in on. Yeah. And so in seeing that and how some of the women were coming in, now that they continue to come and see you and like, this is the work that you fully get to do. How would you say, how would you say you seen like the transformations? Oh yeah, for sure. I have like women, the, the reason, one of the reasons that I really like to focus on the injury prevention and self-care is that a lot of these women, they have gone to multiple providers to try to get help for whatever it it is like even if it's just back pain or hip pain or something they've gone to their primary doctor they've gone to orthopedist they've had massage therapy or something but nobody is like really getting to the root of the of their problem and I feel like I can listen and tease out what they're really trying to say instead of just like trying to give them pain medications Mm. or Go get an x-ray or something like right. you really like, listen to them to see what the real issue is. So it's like the body holding on to the stress, which is causing the pain. Yes. And that's where the self-care comes in to prevention. Yes. So, okay. Okay. So it's not, it's not necessarily that you've experienced the injury or maybe you have, it's just not a physical injury. It could be a heart injury, meaning your feelings and things that you're carrying. Yes. And a lot of times you don't even realize that the stuff that you're dealing with is causing your pain. So like you could be stressed out, like you could be up with a baby all night. You can be holding a little baby and just the way that you're holding them is causing tightness in your chest or Mm. upper back. So just listening, being able to listen to the person and really hear what they're saying can like 
oh, all you need to do is stretch it, stretch your chest. Or all you need to do is this. Like it, a lot of times it's a it's an easy fix, but somebody just has to listen to them and just really figure out what it is. What are some questions maybe you would recommend to uh, women to ask their physicians when it comes to advocating more for themselves and not just being someone that goes in and expresses a pain and then receive a prescription for pain meds? That's a good question. I would say that like it's hard because of just how healthcare is. Like the the doctors really want to just get you in and out. Sometimes I've seen sessions as little as five minutes mm-hmm. up to like 15 minutes. So it's hard to really get out what you're trying to say, but tell them how you feel. You know your body better than they do. And they might, the first thing might be medication. And if you really don't want to take medication, ask them is, if there are any natural ways to deal with what you're going through or if physical therapy would be a, a better option for you than taking pain medications, which no, most of the time it is. And just really advocate for yourself. Like if something doesn't feel right, ask for a second opinion. If you're not getting what you want from that one doctor, go to another doctor and ask for a second opinion. Yeah. I want to go back to the massage piece for a minute. Is there a frequency that you recommend? Obviously, some people can need it more than others, but at a minimum, how often would you say one should treat themselves or whatever the word is you want to use to a massage? (laughs) I would say once a month is like a a good consistency for like self-care to stay on top of everything. Um, and it, like you said, it all depends on what you have going on. If you have real aches and pains and knots and things like that, then you might might need to go a little bit more frequently in the beginning and then start to stretch it out to like once a month or once every other month. But yeah, it all depends on what you have going on. Yeah, I love I love that time. So I go the second of every month. So I don't have to guess about it. I go the second of every month and I typically do my appointment at like 5.45 or 6.45, one of the two, for 90 minutes each time that I go. 90 minutes is the best. Yeah. I forgot how I started doing 90 minutes. I just know, I think it was, I did it one time and I was like, I'm never going to anything less. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of massages do you get? Really just. Is it just Swedish or like a fluff and buff or is it like? Really just a Swedish. I'm a deep tissue girl. I've done like hot stone before. I really wasn't a fan of it, believe it or not. No, people talk about it. I mean, I didn't, no, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like it did anything, you know, to make me say I would, I would have it again. Mm -hmm. Maybe I I always say that maybe I'll give it another try, but it it didn't do anything for me. I even like, I even love to entertain a good massage when my husband and I like do a couple, I shouldn't say a couple trips, when we do like our little getaways and things like that. I, I really like that. And most recently when we were in Montego Bay, we did one, they had the different massage rooms, but the ocean was right there. And so our door was open and just hearing that water that was just like something altogether different. So now I'm like, whenever I go on vacation and it's really close to the water, you know, in a private space, definitely doing it. I was like, that was on a whole nother level of like relaxation and like just freedom. Yep. 
gotta do it. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I, I'm all into that kind of stuff. So yes, I, I, I enjoy a good massage. And like I said, I have my standing appointment when I go. I actually, this, this is something altogether different. And most people probably be like, okay, that's TMI. I don't need to know that. But <laughs> I actually go for cycle purposes as well. Hmm. What do you mean? Like it, like sometimes I will go specifically a couple of days before my cycle. It lessens cramps for me. Oh, okay. That's one benefit that I, I haven't thought about, but you're right. Yeah. That's good to know. Like, I, like I always notice if I switch it around for some reason and be like, okay, I'm going to just go a couple of days before my cycle, then my cramps are much less, like much less. <laughs> okay. That could be for somebody else, though, like because that's something that most people wouldn't think to go get a massage for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's it's perfect around that time. I'm telling you. <laughs> Before I let you go, Doctor G, I'm just going to ask you four short questions. You just respond with the first thing that comes to mind. There is no right or wrong answer. Okay. Okay. The first one is describe age in four words or less. Quality of life. Love it. Ask for permission or ask for forgiveness. So I used to be ask for permission, but I think that now I'm more ask for forgiveness because just because like all of the successful people who are doing the things and making an impact, they they think outside the box. And like if they were to go to somebody else to ask for permission, it would just be like, do it this way because we've always always done it this way but you don't make an impact that way so now I'm more ask for forgiveness so if I ruffle a little feathers in the process I'd be like oh please forgive me I'm sorry love it are you comfortable silences or not that conversation silence silence I I I could sit in silence like all day and and not feel any type of way I'm usually having a conversation in my head anyway so (laughs) the small talk kind of makes me uncomfortable so yeah all right this one is a fill in the blank for you my name is and age has taught me my name is dr g and age has taught me that self-care is self-preservation like it's more important to take care of yourself because if you don't care for yourself you can't care for the ones that you love Love it. Love it. (laughs) What final words do you have for the listeners, for the person that's struggling with self-care and continuously giving to their families, to their jobs, and anywhere else that they're being called to, but forgetting about themselves? What final words do you have for that woman? I would say just take a lesson from my story. Like if if you don't take care of yourself now, you're going to end up in the hospital and the people that you're that you're there to care for, you won't be able to care for them because you're stuck somewhere being forced to care for yourself at that point. So take care of yourself so that you can put what you have into those other people that you care for. Yeah. And where can they connect with you after this podcast? You can follow me on Instagram at Forever Young PT and Wellness. All right, Dr. G, thank you so much for being a guest here today. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Ageless Conversations podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, 
please share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your review really does help others find out about the podcast. As always, you can head over to my website now at TamekaMcTeer.com to sign up for my email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Talk to you all next week.